one. Hey, everybody, Dean Crisp in the studio this week. Man, what a great podcast we have. And I know I say that a lot, but this week is something really special. We've got John Guerin, the managing partner from Chick-fil-A at Palm Beach Lakes in West Palm Beach, Florida. Now, he's been there for a number of years, and he's one of the folks that runs that, that place. But he also has kind of the some of the secrets that Chick-fil-A use, some of the things that they use. Nope, not to make chicken, but how do they motivate their people to really need or really do what they need them to do and how to make how to motivate this newer generation. So I really think you're going to enjoy this podcast setback. And as we always say, turn up that volume and get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Crisp. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, get ready to change your life. Hey everybody, Dean Chris back in the studio. And you know, I love saying that. I love saying back in the studio because it means for the next little bit, we're going to focus on providing the best content that we can that really helps you not only focus your life, change your life, and do some things that can really help you. And it doesn't take these major changes in our life to really make a great impact. It's the small things that we can make atomic that really matter. So I'm joined in the studio today by with John Guerin, as promised, who is the managing partner at Chick-fil-A at Palm Beach Lakes in West Palm Beach. And John and I met, uh, I was there eating breakfast. And, and you know, I go to these Chick-fil-A's all the time. I talk about them in class because they just do something special there with their employees. They're always saying, my pleasure. They're always talking about, they're so happy. They're always talking about customer service and FaceTime and and, and he and I, I just stopped him when he was working at the counter. And that's right. The managing partner was working the counter. That's something for us to consider. But the fact that he was there working the counter, and it wasn't because he was short. It was because he was just on the floor and he was making sure that things were right and as well as introducing himself to the customers. I thought that was so impressive. And I thought, I, can, I got something to learn from this guy. So I started talking to him and man, some of the stuff he said was just amazing and I wanted, I thought I had got to share that on a podcast because if any of you out there, and I'm sure all of you out there have, has been to Chick-fil-A in the past or the future, maybe even this morning. And I guarantee you, somebody said my pleasure. I guarantee you somebody smiled at you, guaranteed you somebody made you feel special. And you know, in law enforcement, we have got to have that same type of transition of getting people happy, getting people to serve and getting people to know what's going on. So with that being said, John, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great to see you. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Well, you know, if you want to join us with this podcast is also on our YouTube channel. So if you want to join and see John and me on the studio, hey, you know, please, by all means, click in to, and join us. And we, we'd uh, love to have you on the video portion of it. But John, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is John Guerin, and I grew up originally in Central Florida area. Uh, I've lived in uh, Florida most of my life, uh, except for a small stint in North Carolina. Uh, and I've worked with uh, Chick-fil-A uh, total for about nine years. 
and um, crossed two different stints. So I worked uh, originally when I was in uh, in college in West Palm uh, as when I first started, worked my way into leadership at that point in time, and then left um, and I had a different career. I was in full-time uh, student ministry um, and for about 10 years, and then uh, I've now been back at Chick-fil-A for um, the last four and a half years again. Well, John, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, the fact, yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me, you're one of those guys that has service in mind, and I'm sure you found the right place in ministry and also Chick-fil-A, but let, let's talk about the other day when, you know, I stopped you and I said, Hey man, like I see your managing partner, like you got a second. What I thought was impressive was, was you said, absolutely. So you got off the register, you run the register and then there was a younger gentleman running around there that was working at the same time. And then there was another female who was working at the same time, but they were doing something totally different. They were stocking or putting stuffs on the shelves and whatever. And I noticed the second you walked away, you didn't even have to look over and say, hey, guys, can you catch the register a second? As soon as you stepped away and a customer walked up, boom, they went right to the counter and they didn't even hesitate. And I thought, wow. I mean, that is something special when you can get this generation of folks to not even hesitate, walk to the counter and smile and say, how can I help you? And, and I thought, how do you guys do that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we try to be really intentional from the front end. Um, so I shared with you this that morning, you know, it really starts with our um, with our interview process, our recruiting process. We try to be really selective about uh, who we invite in to be a part of our organization uh, we make a big deal about that. We talk to them about how many people, um, you know, you know, maybe don't make it through our process and how um, how privileged and how honored they should feel to be a part of our team. And so uh, we work at it from that angle. And then as they come in, we talk a lot about the importance of uh, who we are and what we want to do. And uh, most Chick-fil-A's obviously are going to prioritize guests. That's one of our core values um, here at, at RM between our two restaurants here in West Palm. Um, that's one of our first core values is that we want to put uh, our guests first. We want them to be a priority. Uh, without them, we don't have the opportunity to do what we do. And so not only do we want to treat them well, but we want to take advantage of the opportunity of them walking into our restaurant. And, and we believe that every single one of our team members has the opportunity to have an impact. Um, so our, our core purpose here is um, courageous influence. We believe that everybody is influential. Um, every moment of every day, it's just whether or not you're going to take advantage of that influence or how you're going to take advantage of that influence. And so we want to be courageous in that influence. We want, uh, we want to stand out. We want to have integrity. Uh, we want to treat people with honor, dignity, and respect. And so we just, we spend a lot of time talking about that stuff um, with our team. We talk about it from day one um, in orientation. We talk about it, honestly, even in our interview processes, um, and then we just continue that conversation, we continue to point out um, areas of opportunity. We see our team maybe uh, slip a little bit here or there. You know, I'd love to say we're perfect and we always get it right, but uh, we definitely aren't perfect. Uh, but uh, we, we do believe in holding each other accountable when we see when we see somebody kind of going off and, and missing missing the mark a little bit. And so uh, we'll have those conversations, which are not always easy and not always fun, but uh, but they're definitely important and necessary. Well, I mean, good gracious, you said a mouthful there. You said a lot <laughs> about like what was going on. And I, I would like to revisit some of this because I think there's there's just some some wonderful kind of things for all of us to take and use in our personal life. And one of the things about law enforcement or life in general is life is generally about service of people. And, and I don't care really 
where you go, it's very hard to not involve people. Or I would say not very hard. It's it's almost impossible. And so when you're when you make people uh, the focus and and you you make service the focus, then all of a sudden things kind of happen. Uh, so let me revisit a couple of things. When you said, uh, you know, I teach a, a course called Intentional Leadership, and we created I created that course based on the fact that a lot of leaders are not intentional. They want to do good. They they want to go out there and they have good intentions, but there's a difference between having good intentions and being intentional. And in my own life, things that I have a chance to be intentional at, or I'm really intentional at, I generally get done. So when you said it starts from the day one, and, and in law enforcement right now, we're in a crisis mode with hiring retention and all that. So tell us a little bit about what it is you're looking for when you said being intentional help us with that yeah so obviously we need uh particularly on our front lines we need individuals that are going to uh, be a little bit charismatic in who they are they're not they're not afraid to smile uh we want to hear about we want to hear about their willingness and uh, desire to hustle we hire a lot of athletes because of that you know because they're competitive they have a drive to them um, we've got a lot of people coming through our restaurants uh, on any given any given day. So we need people that are willing to move quickly and to move with intentionality. And so um, we we ask questions around that, you know, and it can be just as basic as tell me about uh, what it means for you to be competitive. Um, we ask, we look for, you know, throughout their whole interview process, we look for are they smiling? Are they creating eye contact with me? Uh, I'm a firm believer if somebody um, as their employer is not going to uh, engage me and make eye contact with me, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to make eye contact with, with you know, a stranger that they're facing across the counter. And so, you know, I really try to run, for me personally, and I know others in our organization, you know, as we do interviews, really try to sort of to gauge how they're interacting with me. Because I expect, you know, in most cases, people are going to interact with me, especially if they're trying to gain a job, they're going to interact with me at a little bit of a higher level than they might on on any given uh any given day and so if i'm not seeing a whole lot of effort um from them just to to be engaging with me making eye contact like i said smiling with me um maybe even asking questions uh you know my confidence that they're going to do that in the restaurant really really diminishes and so begin to look for you know those kinds of things um as to whether or not i'm going to see that uh happen and play out uh you know and then uh you know, we've been in crisis mode as well at times. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, we've had moments where we've run into, uh, you know, the, the best ability is, is availability sometimes. And so that can be a challenge. Um, and we've, we've made some hires, you know, for sure that we thought maybe could pan out or we could help them get to where they wanted to go. Uh, and, and just doesn't work. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you got to take a chance and, and trust your culture can override maybe somebody that's not you know, exactly the caliber of what you want um, when you are a little bit in a crisis mode, but as much as we possibly can still protecting that culture. So rather than allowing somebody like that to continue to remain in the organization and jeopardize the overall culture, um, saying, okay, well, that was an experiment. It just didn't work out. And it's best for us and them if we part ways at this point and um, let them find what they're good at and what they're best at and, and protect our culture, you know, in the long run. Well, you know, I, I, I love how much you're emphasizing culture, because I, I think in law enforcement, we, we have cultures and 
I, I'd be willing to say this would be true at Chick-fil-A. There's multiple cultures within a, an organization. Like there's the culture of the back. There's the culture of the front. There's the culture of the, you know, the, the, the part-time people. I mean, there, there, there's in law enforcement, there's a culture in the SWAT team. There's a culture on patrol. There's a culture in the detective office. I mean, yada, yada, yada. And, and, and I get all that. And how do you bring those together? Like, how do you, how do you guys mix to where, you know, everybody is on the same page? Yeah. So we, we really try to major on the things that are, that are major and important to us. And so, um, as I, I mentioned, courageous influence, you know, we want people to be, uh, looking about looking at opportunities to be an influence no matter where they're at. And so, uh, we try to elevate everybody's perspective as best as we can across the board. And so there's definitely going to be some of those cultural differences that take place back of house, front of house. Um, you know, our delivery driver team, um, you know, our, our, our leadership team, middle of leadership team, they're all going to have a little bit of a different flavor in their culture, but we want to, as much as we possibly can rally everybody around some of the overarching things that make us who we are. And one of the best ways we do that is to continue to point people back to um, our, our purpose here, um, as I mentioned, courageous influence. Um, and really we, we hold the same standard of our core values. So our, our five core values are customers first, optimism, continuous improvement, professionalism, and, um, and hustle. And so we, we hold every single person on our team accountable to those, to those five things. Uh, and then, you know, like, can I slow you down a second? Can I slow yeah. you down? Just, just to, and, because like some people are out there writing and they're trying to get, so say those again, what you said. Those yeah. core values were. So our core values for us are customers first, optimism, professionalism, continuous improvement and hustle. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you can't, I don't know how you could say them better than that. And that, and you talk about continuous growth, that's them personal, right? So it's customer first, opt, optim, what'd you say? Optimizing them? Optim, optimism. Optimism. Which really for us is, is as much about perseverance as it is having a positive attitude. So it's really looking at, it's, it's, it's a can do attitude and, and perspective on everything that we're doing. Is, is this, is, does each Chick-fil-A have, their own set of core values or do yeah you so chick-fil-a corporate has an overarching corporate purpose that every every individual uh, uh franchise is going to try to live into um, so their corporate purpose is to glorify god by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive impact on all who come in contact with chick-fil-a um and then there's some overarching overarching and overriding um core values that that they would share but every individual um, owner operator has the opportunity to instill kind of the framework that they want for their, for their team. And so those are our, for our two restaurants, for our organization, um, that's our purpose, courageous influence and our five core values. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of Chick-fil-A's, they might phrase them a little bit differently. That's unique. Um, but there's, you're going to see some flares, you know, of similarities between everybody's and it, it might be three, it might be five, you know, it might be four core values, uh, but, but those are specific to, to our locations. Well, well, while we're talking about core values and, and I want to expand on a conversation I had, I'm always trying to learn 
uh, from other leaders. And I'm also always trying to learn by watching people like, like, how do you execute what you say you're going to do? Because that's really hard to do. I mean, you talk it, but execute, it's a little more difficult, especially if you get a customer who's not that friendly or there is one thing I see about Chick-fil-A customers. And, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Chick-fil-A no. customers, but there is a sense of entitlement when you come into Chick-fil-A. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but they, <laughs> you know, they, they just come in and are like, if you don't have a sauce in my bag, they're going to go. <clears> they're going to be like, Hey, you know, what the there's, hell's there's is an this, expectation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah like, in with high expectations of us. Yeah. Is this Chick-fil-A falling apart? I mean, what the hell? I didn't get extra ice <laughs> in my drink, you know, or they, <laughs> I can get a smile. I mean, you, you guys get those people who just because you're good, they want to hold you to it. And if you don't, man, they want to hammer you. And yeah, so I always sure. like watching the, the interaction with that, because first of all, I love the fact that people have high expectations of an organization and we should all have high, 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 high expectations of law enforcement for sure. And so I want to see how do leaders interact with, you know, high expectations and, and, and you know, interact that. But what, what I want to, we'll discuss that in a second. But what I want to talk about is uh, I was in Tucson last week and there was a lady at the counter uh, she's probably 23 to 25, I would guess. Her name was Sophia. And I noticed she was pretty nice the two days I was there. She was really went out of her way to make sure. And I kind of order these things that are not just off the menu, you know, try to make up my own Chick-fil-A menu. And because I think I'm an entitled customer. So there you go again, because <laughs> so, you, you guys do that. But anyway, I'm just, you know, perfectly full disclosure. But she was very, very nice. Didn't blink an eye. And I said to her, I said, it seems to me for to be somebody as young as you, you sure have your stuff together when it comes to knowing where you're trying to go. And she kind of smiled. She said, well, you know, we really try hard and, and I really try hard to be the best version of myself. And I thought, all right, here we go. You open the door. So now let me open it. I said, so, okay, you get a brand new person that comes to work at Chick-fil-A tomorrow. And what's the things you tell them? Like, what do you tell them that makes them you? And she said, well, our core thing here at Chick-fil-A is number one, nourish, provide a nourishing meal to people so that they can be satisfied when they leave here. She said, number two is to serve. That means go the second mile, not the first mile, go to the second mile, make sure that works. And she said, the last thing, transform. And I said, transform? She said, yeah, transform every single person that walks into that door and to be a raving Chick-fil-A fan. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is coming from a 23 year old. Are you serious? <laughs> Like I would be willing to bet that if we were to go to ask most police officers around the country, what, what is it? What's the three things? What is it you're trying to do here? That they would be not that they wouldn't know in their heart, what their commitment was, but these are brave people. These are people willing to give their life or something, but it's like leadership just does not emphasize what we're all about. And then I'm going to let you jump in and say, and then I'm going to tell you what else the conversation was because it was even more impressive. Your comments on that? Yeah, so you know, we just for us, it's it's just consistency. So con continuously talking about, um, I would say that's a big piece. Uh, Chick Fil A as a whole talks about customer service uh, being a priority. We believe that you know, obviously, we have great food. Uh, we believe that we're a safe environment for people to to come to and 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 dine at. 
Um, but you can find that other at other places. So what really separates us apart is our hospitality. And so that's, that's just big, a big piece of who we are. We want to, um, as I said earlier, we want to start from a posture of treating every person with honor, dignity, and respect. So we want to see them for who they are and create a lot of empathy and understanding that when people come in, they're coming in from all kinds of walks of life. You know, we have an opportunity to, um, to see them, to make a, you know, 15 second interaction mean something to them. Um, and I think that's a consistent effort across all Chick-fil-A's. You know, it's something we talk about. It's, some, it's something that Truett from the very beginning of Chick-fil-A's inception just has instilled and um, concerted effort by everybody just to continue to, to invest in that way in what we're doing. Um, and, you know, as, as much anything now, I mean, we want to keep that legacy alive um, that, that he started. And um, we you know, recruit people that believe in that and, and want to be a part of that. Um, and so, you know, it can be difficult, don't always hit, but, you know, for the most part, we end up with great people that they enjoy trying to make an impact on people's lives. Um, and so some of the conversations become easy. Hey, you know, like need a little better effort on that because you're not smiling like you need to remember, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And people go, yeah, okay. I want to be a part of that. Um, and so, uh, reverting them back to the why of of what we're doing and helping them stay connected to something that's bigger than just just serving a chicken sandwich you know we um we talk about being you know we we are a chicken company but we're much more than a chicken company we're a people company that kind of really more masquerades as a chicken company uh so it's all about you know it's all about investing in people and i think as we invest in our team then they turn around and they want to invest in our guests as well and they want to they want to give back to the organization well, you know, I'm I'm going to park some of this stuff because we've got so much to cover here that's just awesome. Sure. Throwing it, you're throwing out stuff here that's like, wow, wow. You know, it's like, <laughs> I love when somebody speaks and, and you hear a word and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a good word. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's good. And you're just throwing out all these great things. And, and one of the things that you said that I think a lot of leaders aren't able to have is because they don't establish the culture early but they also don't establish the expectations early. You said that when a, an employee is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, that we will just have a conversation that basically says, hey, I, I just noticed that you weren't as uh, engaging as you need to be. You weren't smiling like we would expect you to be. And uh, we need you to step it up a little bit. And, and I thought, wow, that is so awesome. Because if you've had that conversation before about the expectations and they understand what's expected, that conversation is simple yeah. and, and they don't get hurt feelings and they don't run over and pout and do all that. They don't take it personally. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm missing that. I'm, I'm swinging and, and missing on that. And it's one of the things that I've always said about leadership is when you handle things, when they're simple, you can do a lot. When you wait till they're so complex that you don't have the skills or anybody has the skills to kind of fix that, I think it was just crazy good that you said that. And, and so when you talk about the courageousness of that, you mentioned in, um, a matter of fact, you told me about a book and I went out and bought it. And I said, well, what what do you encourage people to read? And, and it, what I thought was crazy good was a book. Now, the book, I got to be honest, John, is a tough read. It ain't no, it ain't no like pick them up, simple read like my books are. It was uh, a little tougher. It's called Radical Candor. 
And but I do love the concept that what candor is, candor is not being honest with people. It's what it really is, is you believing in the message and you trying to help that person move to whatever that message is and get them both, you both on the same page. So you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah. So we just, um, we believe that it's, so going back to our core value of continuous improvement. So we start from day one, just talking about the need to understand that as an organization and as individuals in our organization, um, that we always have room to improve and grow. So we invite feedback from our team, you know, on processes that we're doing. We, we want them to be engaged in that conversation. Um, but we really tell people like, if, if you think you've got it all together and um, you're the perfect person, then this is not the place to work um, because we're going to be open and honest with our assessment of areas of opportunity to growth. And we want you to, to return that. And so um, we just, we believe it's important for everybody to, to buy into our message of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, getting young leaders to have those difficult conversations. We believe that clear, clear is kind. So that's something we say a lot around here. Um, I don't want to leave somebody in the, you know, kind of this nebulous state of like, it, is, is what I'm doing right or is what I'm doing wrong? We want to be clear with them. We want to be clear with expectations. We want to be clear with our feedback. Um, and we want to be clear that we're going to be consistent with giving that, um, that expectation and that feedback as much as we possibly can so that we're all charging in the same direction. Uh, when somebody's slacking off, that means more work for, for somebody else, you know? And so our effort is just to be, to be as clear as we possibly can at every moment. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we've used, we use a lot of resources. Radical Candor is one that we, that we talk about, you know, in that book. Um, there's another book, uh, Crucial Conversations. Um, so we talk about what that looks like to step into those crucial conversations with individuals um, and, and to be courageous in that moment to help them be better. Because ultimately, when they're better, our organization is going to be better. Yeah, well, there's a couple other books I can recommend. Leadership Recipe by Dean Crisp. And <laughs> <laughs> I think those would be great as well. <laughs> uh, you know, it's always fun to have fun. And I love doing that. And I think that that is so, so true. But, you, you know, when you talk about an employee like that, I, let me let me take us a little deeper into my conversation with Sophia. And if she's out there listening, God bless you. You did an amazing job. And I said, okay, so your three things, nourish, serve, transform. I get that. Now, what's your core values? And the fact that a 23-year-old could tell me what her core values were, it not only astounded me, but it, it impressed me. And it also gave me hope for the newest generation because they want to be enthusiastic. They want to do those things. You just got to find a way to connect with them. She said, number one hope or, or number one core value, integrity. And I said, what's that mean? She said, doing the right thing when nobody's looking. I said, okay, I get that. Pretty simple. And I said, uh, she said, cultural growth. And you'd mentioned that. And I thought, I asked her, I said, what, what does that mean? That, that she said that you should continually be growing to what you want to be. And I thought, God, does that make a lot of sense? Continually growing to what you want to be. She said, identify what you want to be in the restaurant, then grow to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just sit still and, you know, think this is going to be handed to you. You got to grow to get there. And, and I thought, Jesus, coming from a 23-year-old girl, are you serious? I mean, she's teaching these major lessons in life. And then she said empowerment. And I said, well, what's, she said, number three is empowerment. And I said, well, what does that mean? She said, we encourage people to make decisions and do things when they need to be done, not ask 
if they need to be done. Absolutely. So see something that needs to be done, go out there and do it and make sure that everybody's taken care of and make sure it's done right. I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm trying to write all this down when she's talking to me and I'm thinking, you know, here I am getting a major lesson in life and leadership from a 23 year old uh, front clerk person at Chick-fil-A in Tucson. And then she said, the last thing is overall excellence. She said, not organizational excellence, because that is kind of something everybody has to do. But overall excellence means you be your best every single day, no matter what. And if you're going to be your very best, then the organizational overall best will be the best. And I was like, gee, I'm getting ready to teach a class this morning. Can you come and teach it for me? <laughs> because you're teaching me some major stuff <laughs> right there, you know. So you tell me what that you tell me what you got out of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I resonate with a lot of what she's saying. We we want to give a lot of opportunities for people to grow. And so we want to set that opportunity out in front of them um, early on in the process. Uh, we want people to, to want to get better as people and to get better as leaders. We want to offer those those opportunities. And I think that's just something that is is modeled all the way through the entire organization of Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A, even at the corporate level, they're constantly asking for feedback on things. They're looking for ways to improve everything that's happening organizationally, operationally. And so they, I think they set the tone on that really, really well. Um, Rob here at our organizations sets the tone on that really, really well. Um, and then something else that he gives um you know, to us at the high level, which allows us to do the same thing for um, for the rest of our team is he gives us a lot of autonomy, you know, and allows us to make those decisions. And so um, when we see something happen and, he, and he's going to support us, it doesn't mean he's always going to agree that we made the right decision, but he's going to support us publicly and he'll help guide us when, you know, maybe he's like, hey, I'm not sure that was the best move or, hey, why are we, you know, what, let's have a conversation about it. What was your thinking and thought process? And so I think that's something for us that we constantly want to do. We want to give that freedom and that opportunity for people to grow. Um, we want them to have that autonomy to make some decisions and feel empowered. And then, but we also want to coach them through that. You know, just because I give somebody that opportunity doesn't mean uh, as well that I'll agree with that, with every decision they make, but it means I'll have a conversation with them and say, hey, let's, let's talk about what happened. What did you see? What did you, you know, what led you to make that decision that you made? Um, let's evaluate it. Maybe help me understand, help me see something that I might've missed. And, and, and maybe that's an opportunity for me to grow and get better the next time I see a similar situation. Um, but maybe I can help them be a little bit better as well. And so we just really see that opportunity to, to sharpen each other. Um, and I think it works best when we're all open to that, you know, um, I don't want to walk into the restaurant and, um, while I have a lot more experience than a lot of them from a leadership standpoint and an operational standpoint, I can learn from them and I want to take that posture of being able to learn from them. And um, I want them to take that same posture of a willingness to learn and a willingness to get better uh, because that's how we just continue to push each other and elevate each other. Well, when you talk about, you know, we talked about culture earlier, when, when you have, everybody has a willingness to grow and learn, it creates a culture of a, a dynamic culture of getting things done. I mean, it really does. You, Growth and getting things done it, are absolutely interchangeable. They Without one, it's really hard to do the other one, to be, to be honest with you. Or you just start doing things exactly the same way, and then you think that works. One of the things I, I want to talk about, and, and you said this to me, and there, there's two things. I want to mention one of them, but I want you to address uh, the first one that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, first of all, you tell me something. You said, we look for people that are coachable. 
I like that. So stick that in your back pocket for a second. But I don't want to lose this thought that I thought about when you were talking about the getting people to perform at a high level. Now, you guys are very adaptable too. Like, did you, were you leading there when COVID came? Were you at the restaurant there? I was, yes, sir. I have often said to people that Chick-fil-A during COVID looked like a NASCAR race. <laughs> you guys had people in the parking lot with vests. You had people all over the place. You had direct in traffic doing, I mean, you guys, and, and I say this jokingly, and so, you know, I, I, it is joke. It's a joke when I say this to people, but I say Chick-fil-A ought to have a major influence on the military because if <laughs> they, did, they could get a hell of a lot of things a lot done better. And we wouldn't be buying $97 uh, hammers. And, <laughs> and I'm just saying like, what did y'all do during COVID that, because one of the things we're seeing in law enforcement right now is COVID shut us down and we have not recovered from it yet. How, how what do you, what do you say about that? So, I mean, I think we just locked in and we we saw it as an opportunity um, for us to learn and grow. So we leaned on each other. We leaned on the community at large of Chick-fil-A. We took in consideration anything and everything that we could. So whatever we learned, you know, from a medical standpoint, we wanted to adapt to what we were doing to try to make people feel feel safe. Not only, you know, first and foremost, we wanted our team to feel as safe as possible. So, I mean, we tried all kinds of things. There were some stores that did better than, than we did where they were able to put up iPads in their drive through so they didn't actually have to be face-to-face because -face for so long, we didn't even know, you know, if that was going to be safe enough. But um, when we met some challenges on that front, we just continued to try to think about how can we keep our team safe, but also still offer the opportunity for our guests to come through and get the Chick-fil-A that they love. And so, um, honestly, I mean, uh, it was just a lot of, um, soaking in what is what's happening, um, information download. Uh, so our highest lever, level leaders, we were coming together across both restaurants and we're talking about, hey, this is what was in the news. This is what Chick-fil-A had to say about it. This is what our team experienced yesterday. What do we need to do about all these things? It was a constant evolving from day to day. We were meeting every single day, which we don't do now, you know, but our, our high, highest level leaders were meeting every single day and making even small adjustments. Um, and so, yeah, it's just taking everything, synthesizing it the best we could and going, okay, this keeps our team safe. This still allows us to be operational as best as we can. Um, we tried things and failed. We just weren't afraid to try it. Uh, and in the long run, we found things that worked. Um, and so, uh, but it was just a lot of intentionality of making an effort um, and, and, you know, trying, trying to be courageous in that. And, and, you know, you say courageous a lot. What does that mean? So uh, we talk courageous really um, for us. Uh, so there, there's a gentleman by the name of Henry Cloud that some may be uh, familiar with. Um, and uh, we talk about a lot of his books. And uh, Rob is a is a big fan of his. And he talks about integrity, says integrity is the courage. His definition of integrity is the courage to face the demands of reality. Um, and so that's kind of where courageous comes from for us is, is being willing to look at what's the reality of that, that you're in and how can we, uh, you know, how can we uh, face what's in front of us? You know, how can we create action and movement to face what's in front of us? And so um, we just look to approach every situation in, in that way. We want to do the right things the right way as much as we possibly can. Um, but for us to do that, we've got to be honest about who we are. We've got to be honest about our current state and we've got to be willing to adjust and adapt and change when we need to and how we need to.
I mean, I mean, that's a great definition of, of integrity saying, you know, courage to face the demands of reality. Uh, that is, wow. We could spend a whole podcast on that. That, that is good stuff. But, but one of the things I, I saw the Chick-fil-A and you talked about adaptability. And one of the things I, I was listening to what you were saying, you said you met every day, you made changes, you looked at what was going on. You, you did those things. There was a time when during, uh, I guess during the peak of COVID, if you will, when we, first of all, I consider the peak when we had very little information, we didn't know what was going on and we were in this major fear factor. You know, that's the peak of COVID for me. The peak could be for, you know, the numbers of people dying. I'm not sure. But, you know, when I looked at the peak of it is when we kind of didn't know what the hell's going on. You yeah. you guys basically shut your restaurant down, wouldn't let people inside. And uh, I thought, you know, okay, I get it, which what was what most restaurants were doing. But I do remember a period of time of walking in Chick-fil-A shortly after you opened. And I swear to God, I thought I was on the sanitation aisle in a Walmart. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I was like, are you serious? There yeah. was sanitation bottles everywhere. Yeah. There was sanitizers. They was, I mean, you, it looked like the only thing y'all didn't have was a sanitizing mister where you can walk <laughs> by and get misted and sanitized as you walk out the door. <laughs> But I, I mean, I, th I think that that goes to what you guys really tried and and you tried to always make sure keeping the customer first. You mentioned something the other day about or when we were talking about FaceTime with the customer. What do you call that or front? I, I, what is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like people uh, who work at the front. What is it you call them with the customer? You call them guest facing? Yes, guest facing. Yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, what What does that mean? Yeah, so you know we're gonna we have a lot of the same standards for all of our team, but if somebody's gonna be guest facing, that that standard becomes a little bit elevated um, uh, around some of those expectations. Um, so it's it's just the people that are really on the front lines of of interacting with our guests. We want them to be some of our brightest and our best, and um, the ones that are gonna make the the greatest impact. And so. Uh, you know, in our restaurant, we've got a lot of things that have to get done that you don't necessarily have to face a guest to do it. Um, but we want to make sure that those people that are the most engaging are the ones that we're putting in front of them as much as we possibly can. You know, uh, obviously numbers get get tight at times. And so um, I wouldn't say that we're batting a thousand on that, you know, in every circumstance, but we want to, and, you know, it gets hot outside. We're in the, <laughs> the heat of Florida. So, um, yeah, you know, I'd love to leave some people outside in front of our guests for six hours a day, but that would be like brutal punishment for, for them. So yeah, um, right. we do have to kind of rotate them around and things like that, but, but really just, you know, prioritizing, uh, making sure that when people are in front of them, that, that they're the, the best people to be interacting with our guests and, and going to put our best, best foot forward in those in scenarios. And, and I love that, you know, guest facing that is, I mean, everybody gets that. I, I, I was trying to remember what that was. And I was like, dang, that is so good. But, you know, it's like in law enforcement, we, we oftentimes, and, and I was a chief for 17 years, and I'm telling you, I've made this mistake. You often sometimes put your, your most grumpy people at the front desk and <laughs> they're the ones that take away, you know, everybody comes in and they, they run into some grumpy person who doesn't even want to be there and they're counting their days to when they're gone. And, and if I thought, you know, I'd love to have understood the concept of guest facing that you need to elevate the standard of person that you put there. Oh my God, there is so much that's been said in that. I mean, that that's unbelievably good, but you know, when you look at Chick-fil-A 
and and you look at how do you generationally connect with this younger generation of because they come in the door and man they want you know they want new uniforms they want new vests they want new computers they want they want to stand inside they don't want to stand the heat they want to you know they they want to do the things they want to paycheck and i'm not dishing or disrespecting this generation i'm just saying that's common kind of a common uh you know uh, stereotype of this newer generation they just don't want to work as hard what what are you seeing yeah. So, I mean, we see a little bit of that, but um, I also see that we have the opportunity to motivate them. And so I think, I think we just are continuing to see our society get more and more skeptical of everything and more and more questioning of everything. Why are we doing this? Why is this important? Why do I need to, you know, and, and I think that breeds a little bit of that entitle, entitlement more and more. And so we see some of that creep in, um, but, you know, we just continue to we continue to try to be consistent from a leadership standpoint and, and what we're trying to call them to and help them understand how if they if they kind of come alongside of us and um, catch on to what we're trying to do, um, how it can feel significant and how it can feel impactful. Um, and I, I mean, I do see some of the young people resonate with that and they want opportunities to do um they want opportunities to grow. They do want opportunities to, to better themselves and who they are. And so I, I think one of the things we do is when we empower younger people um, to make decisions and to help guide, that in, continues to help engage the rest of them that are that are a little bit younger and in, in this newer uh, generation. Um, because there's ways that I can't connect with them. You know, I can try, but then I'm kind of the, you know, weird old guy that's trying to do something that's funny. And uh, it just doesn't doesn't always land. And so if if I can latch on to those ones that, you know, really, I see um, buying into what we're doing, then I'll allow them to connect on some of that cultural level, you know, and if I can give them the things that are true, I mean, leadership is, is going to be true yesterday, today and tomorrow, there's not a whole lot that is going to change drastically. It's, you know, we're we're trying to learn from each other. Um, but there's not a whole lot new under the sun, you know, when it comes to leadership, it's just all about how we implement it. Um, and I think for us, we just, we try to involve younger people, um, in that process and it helps us create some of that connection. Well, you know, I'm, uh, Kelly, you and, um, McKenzie are listening to the podcast. Um, this, this is way too good to not have your impact or questions you might have for John or interactions. And I know that you've sent a few comments, but uh, if you'll cut your mics on and, and uh, maybe we can get you involved in this a little bit, because I mean, I want to get the most out of this. And uh, so, you know, feel free if you've got something you want to talk about, or just come on in and join yourself in there. Uh, John, I want to talk about something that you um, said that I thought was I thought it was kind of what it says about you guys and the way y'all look, but you said something to me when we first met, I said, what are you trying to do here? What, what's your goal? Like, what is your goal? And your answer to me, like said everything I need to know about what you guys are trying to accomplish. And, and I'd like for you to comment on it, but what you said to me was, we not, we don't just want to be the best fast food restaurant. We want to be the best restaurant in Palm beach or in West Palm Beach. And I thought, now here's a fast food restaurant, sells fried chicken. Of course, you do it at a high level. 
but you didn't want to just be the best fast food or the best in your category. You want to be the best altogether. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we just have a standard of excellence. I mean, that comes, I mean, that's just across the board. I think um, obviously you might run into some scenarios where it's a little bit different, but for us, we, we believe in trying to elevate to that expectation of excellence in everything that we do. Um, and, you know, when we talk about second mile service, we talk about hospitality, we, you know, as an organization, uh, we want to learn from places that are viewed as the best. And so taking principles from, you know, high level, high level hospitality um, organizations, hotels and things like that, how can we take some of those principles and, and bring them into uh, our organization? Um, we, we just, we want to continue to, to elevate the bar as much as we possibly can. Um, and we want people to, to see us differently. You know, you just, ex you expect a fast food, you know, experience. We, we want you to come in and feel like you've been treated like you just went to the Ritz Carlton or something like that, you know? So, um, because that's, that's elevating that experience for people, giving them something they're not quite expecting, um, from, from, uh, just walking into the doors going, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to go eat a chicken sandwich. Well, you're getting a whole lot more than just a chicken sandwich. That's, that's our hope. Um, cause we believe that just makes an impact on people. Um, it gives us the opportunity to have that, take advantage of that influence that we're going to have one way or the other. So what are we going to do with it? Well, let's have a great influence if we're going to get the opportunity. Well, we certainly want to take advantage of your time here. And I know you've got to run and go, go out there and get to your customers. And, uh, so there, there's a, a couple of things, uh, one of the, Let's talk about you for a second. How, how uh, when Mackenzie had typed in a, a question, she said, uh, how do you handle unhappy clients or unhappy customers? Yeah. So we, um, you know, first of all, we never have any unhappy clients because we're Chick-fil-A. Everybody's always happy when they come into our store. Uh, no, we, we <laughs> do, we do make mistakes. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we do make mistakes, you know, when you're at the volume of what we're doing, we're moving at the pace that we're moving. I, I'd love to say we never make a mistake, but we definitely do. And so, um, we, we have a model that we use. Um, there's a couple that we've used across, um, across Chick-fil-A's history, but one that we currently use, um, it's an acronym we call, we call it HERD. Um, and so each letter stands for, for something. So the H is, um, we want to hear to understand, um, E, we want to empathize, um, A, we want to apologize with, I'm sorry, R, we want to resolve the issue and D, we want to delight the guest. And so we really try to teach this process, you know, of when somebody comes in first and foremost, um, we know that it's not going to always be our our problem, you know, in a sense, it wasn't always us that made the mistake. Sometimes a guest is on their phone, you know, and think they 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 might think they ordered something and they didn't actually order it. Um, but we want to we want to try to still make that experience right for them. And so we're uh, we don't necessarily want to take uh, responsibility for every situation, but we want to listen to them. We want to believe that their experience is not matching their expectation. And we want to do the best we can to meet that expectation. So we want to listen to their concern. We want to hear what they have to say. We want to tell them we understand how frustrating it is that their experience didn't meet that expectation. We want to say, I'm sorry that that's the way your experience went today. And then we want to follow it up and say, let's make it right. You know, and so whatever we need to do to try to make it right, we, we're going to go as far as we can um, in that process. And um, and then above and beyond that, we want to try to delight them in some way. 
you know, and, and help them to, to walk away going, man, I, I was expecting to just have my problem solved, but they went above and beyond to make me uh, feel just appreciated for bringing the concern and giving, giving them the op opportunity to make it right. And so it can be a simple thing. You know, if we forgot a sandwich, we might give them a cookie, you know, and say, I hope you have a great day. We included a cookie as well. So sorry that, you know, that sandwich was missing. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, I guess kind of kill them with kindness a little bit, you know, it's just, um, you know, we don't typically talk about it that way, but, you know, back in the day, we might've talked about it that way. So, so um, we just want to instill that as much as we can. Kelly had asked a question about during the COVID, did you guys, did you see a drastic decrease in your numbers? Uh, so for, I think it was regional, you know, what, what different places saw um, 2020, we saw definitely a little bit of a dip on our transactions uh, and, um, and things like that. We maintained better than some other places. So obviously some Chick-fil-A's in the mall and things like that, they were completely shut down. They didn't have any choice um, for the most part on whether they could be open. So they took bigger hits. Um, we were able to navigate it pretty well uh, uh, at our locations, which we were thankful for. Uh, we uh, definitely, we saw explosive growth in 2021. So um, it's really one of our busiest years ever as far as growth um, perspective, transactions and things like that. Um, just people coming out and wanting to, to be a part. Uh, I would say, you know, from a profit standpoint, we saw some explosive profits in, in that year. Uh, 2020 was a little bit tight on uh, a few months, um, but we were able to, you know, Chick-fil-A was able to help us navigate that some from a corporate level. We were thankful for that um and uh create opportunities where where they could to help us navigate that and then um just coming out of that you know when we saw that explosive growth that you know we had some you know we had some really great numbers uh, for 2021 uh i would say 2022 was a little more challenging you know obviously you know, honestly coming out of covid um prices skyrocketing for everybody and everything we felt that pressure uh just like anybody else did anybody else did that created some real challenge for us um, I would say we felt that more on the back end of COVID um, that that pressure and tension than we did in the midst of it how do you how do you keep yourself motivated uh you know so it can get monotonous you know coming in and um, sometimes doing the same thing uh, so for me I I try to stay connected to uh, what's most important to me and so I'm I'm driven by seeing people uh, just get better, grow, um, realize their potential. And, uh, I want to see, I want to see individuals step into, uh, their opportunities. And, and I love being a part of that process. I love getting to speak into people's lives. And so I look to try to find those opportunities because those are what continue to get, you know, get me up each day. So when I can go home and I go, man, I, I got to have this conversation with this person, it can be a five minute conversation in the midst of my 10 hour day. And it means the world to me because, um, you know, it's something, it's something that I feel like I'm making a difference in that person's life and I'm having the opportunity to learn. I'm having the opportunity to invest. And so, um, I have to definitely keep my perspective on something a little higher than just the guest that's mad at me in the drive through or just yelled at me for something I really didn't even do, you know, just, just hearing them out or, you know, handing out a, you know, the 2000th sandwich that I've seen for that day, <laughs> um, you know, because those things, those, those things can be, they, they can drain on you at times, but, um, you know, we have some great people that work in our organization that want to, they want to learn, they want to grow, have an opportunity to invest in them. And, 
and be a part of that is a lot of fun for me. Uh, books to read. I mean, I mentioned some uh, to you already. One that we that we love. We love um, the five dysfunctions of a team. Patrick Lencioni's books are, are really, really good. Um, I'd recommend anything written by Dean Crisp, you know, in his books, they're, they're going to oh be fantastic God. pickups. Here we uh, go, brother. I love it. Keep saying yeah. that. Spell that again. No, we, we do, we do love a lot of uh, Patrick Lencioni stuff. Uh, so we've read, you know, as an organization, we've read a lot of his books. Um, they tend to be really helpful for us, but the, the one we point to first and foremost is the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, building that trust-based culture is, is really, really important um, and, and a big part of what we do and how we do things. Um, and so that's, that's big. Well, so um, let, me, let me tell you what I've heard um, with uh, Chick-fil-A and you can dispel this myth or not, but you kind of got, you guys are kind of like Disney. You uh, hire slow hire and fire fast. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I mean, we try to be as much as we possibly can. So, you know, uh, we feel crunches at times. And so I mentioned that earlier. Sometimes we take a risk, but we definitely want to live by that as much as possible. We want to, we want to vet people. We want to see who they really are as best as we can. Um, and sometimes that means the process goes, goes a little slower. And, and yeah, when, when we just know it's not right, um, we believe there's more pain in letting somebody stay in our organization, um, not only for us, but for them. So there's nothing more frustrating than asking somebody to do something that they just, it's just not who they are. It's not who they're wired to be. Um, and so going back to clear is kind, you know, clear in that moment for us is helping them recognize this is just not, not the place. And that's okay. That doesn't devalue who you are just because you're not the right fit for us. Um, you still can be a great person. You just might not be the right fit for our organization. Go find the place where you are the right fit because there is somewhere out there. We believe that. And so sometimes parting ways from somebody is, is releasing them to go do the next best thing for them you know, and saving them pain and saving us pain. Yeah. And, and I think that's so true, man. Saving them pain and you pain too. And, and I have a guy that I know is, um, was a chief for a number of years. This friend of mine, he said that you got to, you, you don't have to like any of your employees, but you have to love them all. And sometimes you have to love them enough to let them go. And I thought, man, that is so true because like, sometimes it's just more painful for everybody. But, you know, you guys there, you try to create a culture of just absolutely pulling it together and pulling off some pretty amazing things every single day. Customers are not easy in today's world. They're, they're uppity and they're nasty and they're, you know, they're, people are not as happy as they used to be prior to COVID. I'm not kidding you. I fly on airplanes all the time and people are just different nowadays. And, and, and I admire what you guys are doing there. And so, you know, with that, uh, you want to say anything before we get off this podcast? Because you have absolutely made so many great comments. And your comments have, I am absolutely 100%, 1000% certain they're going to help a lot of folks. And this is going to be one of our favorite podcasts. So anything you want to say before we let this thing go? Yeah, I just, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Really appreciate you giving me the chance to kind of speak to to your audience and offer what we what we try to do. Um I think maybe the last thing I would say just for me, uh, leadership, learning from every scenario. You know, I've learned a lot about leadership in my relationship with my wife, learned a lot about leadership in my relationship with my kids. Um, I've learned a lot just in every every facet of what I do. Um, I, I think it's just important to just try to, because most of that stuff is teaching me about who I am. If I don't know who I am, then I'm not able to really lead other people. 
Um, and so I probably didn't say enough about that on the front end, you know, today, um, you know, leadership starts with self-leadership and knowing who you are and what you're capable of and where your deficiencies are. And we've all got them. Um, it's just a, what, you know, how you're going to navigate, um, those pieces so that they're not a hindrance to what needs to get accomplished and needs to get done. Um, and putting people around you that can help, um, I guess, kind of combat some of your deficiencies at times um, and and elevate the organization in ways that you just can't because it's not not who you are, or what you're good at. So, um, man, I've got a lot to learn. I appreciate you just giving me the opportunity uh, to speak a little bit to this. Well, I'll tell you, John, you killed it today. And and I don't know that I could end it any better than that, than the fact that, you know what, you got to work on yourself. There's no doubt about it. And I hope everybody has certainly enjoyed this podcast today. It's been one of my favorite. Uh, I'm a all-time Chick-fil-A fan, but not just because they got good chicken, because they treat people right. Now you've heard the story of how they do that. And if you'll put some of these practices into play, and I guarantee they translate right into law enforcement, anything you're doing in life. And John, you know, today you've been a life changer, and I certainly appreciate that. And we certainly appreciate you being on the podcast. Kelly, thank you for setting this up. Thank you, Mackenzie, for being on here with us. And you know what we always say until we all, until next time, be significant, be significant, keep being significant. And until next time, I'm Dean Chris. You've been listening to Straight Talk on Leadership with Dean Crisp. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share your favorite podcasts. And if you get a chance, leave us a review. Learn more about Dean, his books, our classes, and our significant leader program at www.lhln.org. Until next time, be sure to put your leadership into action every day.